want to open up to uh, your, your Bibles, your apps, if you brought your computer with you, you know, whatever you got. Mark chapter 9. How many know this building here belongs to the Lord? When, when the people of God get a territory, a place, both kingdom, spiritual, and physical, it is meant to stay with the people of God. It's not meant to be turned back over. I think almost every time in Scripture, when God gives a promise to His people, it comes with land being connected to the promise. Go read and look. Go read and look at all the promises that He gives to His people and watch and see if not almost everyone, if not everyone, is connected with land. If I knew I was going to say that right now, then I would have went and studied and know every single one. But I bet every single one is testament. What some of you know and some of you don't know is that when God gives over a piece of property, a land, a place, a region, a territory over to the people of God, it's their job to steward it and keep it in the kingdom being used for God's glory and not let it be turned over. And when the people of God decide to take over a piece of territory, a piece of land, whatever it is, the enemy cannot stop the people of God from taking it. His force is not great enough. That's why when I'm driving down the road and I see building plans going up for things that aren't for the kingdom, I just rebuke them. I don't like go knock on their door and tell them, like, hey, by the way, like, I don't need to do that. I just declare in the kingdom, that's not going to happen. Someone else is going to have to do something else, because that's not it. You have the authority to do those kinds of things. One year ago, to date of the second Sunday of the year, the congregation of Webb Baptist Church, what it was called at the time, in this room, voted to keep their building in the kingdom and gift it over to our church that we might use it for the glory of God. One year ago, 12 months ago. Twelve months ago, I was preaching at our storefront location to right now another church, Restore Church, that was running out of a place to meet. They met in Arlington Music Hall. The lease was running out to start the new year. And we opened up our doors for them to be in there. They're meeting in there right now. I know of a few people that have tried to visit Authentic in the last two months and have went, and instead they visited Restore Church. Praise God. We were preaching in our storefront two years ago when that decision was made. And I was preaching by faith how God would expand us both in physical territory and spiritual territory in the year 2022. No decision had been made yet. But I believe it was already declared in the kingdom of God. November of 2020... Some of you have heard this story, some of you haven't. November of 2020, I came to Webb Baptist Church to hear a friend preach. And I sat on the equivalent right here of this back row. And I looked around at what I saw, and no offense, I know the people who are here, that are here in this room now. And I know that their heart is where my heart is. I looked around and I saw a dying church. Not because there were only 20-something people in the room. 
because the willpower to keep seeking after the kingdom had shrunk so low that it was at its wit's end. And I prayed in this spot right here, and I said, I said this, I said, Lord, when? Stop praying if a lot of times when you can pray when. Lord, when you give us a place like this, we will do whatever you call us to do. We will be obedient in every way that we can. And he spoke to me right here in this spot in November of 2020, and he said, do you want this building? And I just began in that moment to weep. And then I weighed the cost for a few seconds. Because when God gives you something good, it costs something. I weighed the cost of what it would be to shepherd. I weighed the cost of what it would be to spend. I weighed the cost of however many air conditioning units I thought might be in here. And I thought, okay. I, th I was thinking more like eight. I wasn't thinking 16. But, you know. And I said, yes. And God said, it's yours. Take care of it. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, do nothing. For 11 months, I did nothing until November of 2021. He told me to write a letter to Webb Baptist Church, to which I didn't even know who to hand the letter to or how to get it to them. There was no pastor at the church, and there was a council that at the time, I had no idea, was meeting with the interim to decide, what do we do next? And that's when our church collides with the over 100-year history of Webb Baptist Church and collides with, I believe, not a building, but a capstone piece of land for the kingdom of God that will be used as a conduit to bring the goodness of the gospel to this whole metroplex, this whole state. Not that we're the only ones, but we are the ones. I wrote a handwritten letter. You never met me, right? Before. You met me now. handwritten letter very straightforward and said would you give us your building for free and in return we will pastor the people who want to stay that's what we have to offer and here we are 12 months later the day that they voted looking and seeing all that God has done just in one short period of time. Praise God. Miss Ethel, you want to say something? Okay, you can. Miss Ethel, how long have you been going to this church? Since 1947. So you get to say something. I had to pray a week about giving you this church, but I did not want the key to turn and not have no and God instructed me, that's what he wanted, was for you to come here and bring your people to worship here. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every person that's a part of Authentic should be humbled that God would choose us to carry a legacy of faith that continues in the kingdom into the next thing that God is going to do.
to be able to stand on the, on the foundation built on our brothers and sisters in Christ over decades and decades that we might be the next ones to preach the gospel for this generation. And humbled to be able to partner with saints truly so gospel-minded that they would turn over in full trust what they had worked the ground so hard for, spiritually speaking, in hopes to see God move. In hopes that what they believed might be true, that there would be kids running up and down those halls in the kids' ministry, that there would be people saved and baptized, that people would be set free, that the gospel would go forth, that we would see people that were living one way, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and they become a new creation, and they begin to live a completely different way, and not out of religious fear of what might happen or forcing that they have to change, but because God has touched them and they've truly been changed. We get an awesome privilege on a day like today while we're meeting here and Restore Church is meeting in our storefront building and later on at 2 o'clock a church called Fruitful will meet upstairs in our youth room and they've been meeting in there since we first got in here. Many of you don't know that. Every Sunday around 2 o'clock they meet in there. Praise God. They speak Korean. So if you don't know Korean, you'll just have to worship in spirit, okay? But you're welcome to go. And now on Saturdays, we get to welcome another church into this building to be worshiping every week moving into the new year. How cool is that? Four different churches meeting in our buildings. Hey, Pastor Jason, would you stand up? I want to have your family and your people with you stand up. This is Pastor Jason from E4 Church. E4 Church. Would you welcome them? The gift that God has given us extends to them, and they'll be in this building Saturdays. Is your service at 4? At 4 o'clock, worshiping in spirit and truth and seeking people that they might be all for ease. I don't even know. Encouraged? It is encounter, equip, empower. Um, excuse me. I put them on the spot. You know, that's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. It is to encounter the presence of God, to be encouraged uh, as believers, to be equipped as disciples and empowered to actually fulfill God's command. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> praise God. Here's what I want to do. I want to lay hands and bless them. They're gonna, they started several weeks ago meeting in here with their team and being in here with their team. They're going to keep doing that through January. And then in February, the first Sunday of February, they're going to be full-blown going at what I'm calling a, like a relaunch. They're, they've been a church, but when you move to a new place, you're in a, you're in a new season, it can be very relaunch-like. So they're retraining teams, relearning facilities, doing all this. They've been in and out of schools in the Mansfield area, just trying to find where is their place. And I'm excited for what God is doing as he brings them here for a season and lets them worship. And the cool thing is, that's how we started. That's how we started. If it wasn't for the, gener the, the generosity of Pastor Joe, who's now on our team, where would we be? Praise God. Pastor Joe, would you come? I'd say it goes full circle, but it's more like it goes full, like, 50 loop. It's not even a circle. It's just, I want to ask you if you would pray a blessing over Pastor Jason, over his wife, over their congregation. I sure will. I just want to say something, Mac. Uh, I want to bless you with this. When we gave you our building, 
I gave it to you for free. The second year we started charging you, but I told you we'd hold the money and give it back to you, which we did. I told you pay it forward, and I'm proud of you. Give him a hand because he's paying it forward, and there's only one church. We just meet in different places at different times. So let's pray for these guys. Lord, I thank you so much for Pastor Jason, for his, uh, his wife, and I think his family. They look so alike, Lord, and what a blessing to see them here and excited. And, Lord, they are part of this one church, your church, the church of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I thank you for Max's generosity. I thank you, Lord, that he is able to take the things that have been done for him and pass them on. And I pray blessing on this church. I pray that they would, uh, in a couple of years, that this building would not even be enough, that they would need a new place because you're blessing them and you do the same thing and that they would pay forward what's done for them. Lord, because it's all yours. This building is not, it's not ours. It's not Max. It's not even Webb's. It's yours. And you give it to us, and you want us to use these things for the kingdom of God. And I pray that we would have like-minded people come. Keep sending guys and, and, and women that have ministries that they want, and let us use this, this building for your honor and glory. Bless this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So mark your calendar for one of the Saturdays in February four o'clock you already know where they're going to meet all right you already know where the bathrooms are come visit and worship with them encourage them as brothers i know that would mean a lot two years ago about this time i noticed that there was a guy named zach who had missed a couple weeks of church You're the guy named Zach. Yeah. You thought it was another Zach? Sorry, I'll, I'll be more clear. A really good-looking guy named Zach. Now we know. Okay, okay, all right. Who had missed a couple weeks of church. Zach had got baptized October, just before, what, four months before, three months before. And since he got baptized, was serving every week, never, and before, even before that, never missed a week of church opening the doors, taking out the trash, doing all kinds of things. Whatever, he, whatever anybody needed him to do, doing that. Before he got baptized, October of 2020, he was a Satan worshiper. And he was in a cult. Really dark stuff. That's where we met him. That's where he came to our church. Some of you have heard this story before. And gets baptized in October gets freed from that. You can see the difference in his, in his life when he gets freed from it. Then fast forward a few months later, and December 28th of 2020, he gets hit driving home from work in the middle of the night. He worked armed security different places. He gets hit head on by a drunk driver. And not to speak figuratively, to speak literally, nearly died. Crushed the whole one side of his body, the whole left side, completely crushed. He laid at the hospital for over two days before they could perform surgery because they weren't sure who he was, what to do, and let the swelling go down to see if there was even a chance. The doctor who performed the surgery told us later that the hospital told him he wasn't to do the surgery, he wasn't allowed to, because there was no chance that Zach would live. And the doctor went against what they said and did the surgery anyways. 
When I walked in the hospital two years ago, about today, after him missing a couple weeks of church and wondering, where is he, having to call the police and track him down and find, where is Zach? He was non-responsive, the doctors and the nurses said. Hadn't responded to anyone and hadn't done anything or made, he was just on a breathing tube. He was on all this, on this feeding tube, everything. Not talking, not doing anything, but alive, barely. We walked into the room. I began to talk to him, and he began to come back. We began to get men in the church that knew who he was, that he had a relationship with, and get them into the hospital room, begin to reintroduce him. He had lost every single memory that he had before the accident. What's your name? He didn't know. Where did you work? He didn't know. As we began to pray over him, and it was during our 14 days of prayer and fasting that this happened, so it was two years ago. We put a picture up in his hospital room, a big blue picture of him getting baptized. We signed it. We put prayers on it. He began to come back, and God began to do a work in him. It wasn't just months afterwards that he was defying every single odd. They said, he will never sit up. He will never move. He began to sit up. He began to move. Well, he'll never be able to get into a wheelchair. He got into a wheelchair. He'll never be able to walk. He started to walk. He'll never live on his own. He lives on his own. He'll never be able to, to work a job and function as a human and do these things. He began to do these things that he, people told him he would never do. Doctors told him he would never do. I remember the first time, we had seen this doctor several times, they did the surgeries on Zach. The first time that Zach was standing up looking at the doctor eye to eye. After seeing him progress, every time he's like, this, the doctor's saying, this is a miracle, this is a miracle, this is a miracle. He used a few explicatives and described Zach as one bad dude. Let's just say that. Bad dude, man. To overcome all of that. Today, for the first time in over two years, Zach drove himself to church in his own car. Look on the screen right there. Hey, you did pretty good, Zach. This is for Zach. He wants to bless you with this. Yeah, hello, gas money. I'll get you one-third of a gallon. Every bit helps, all right? I was on the phone this week when Zach called to get his insurance, and he was like, is that dollars or pesos that you want? Which one is it? It was dollars. Yeah, it was full cash. It's all right. We got it. We got it. It's been a journey. But God has been moving through Zach specifically to defy the odds. And many of you were in that room two years ago when we prayed. When he hadn't remembered who he is, where does he work, what's going on, what do I do next, where am I? And we were praying and fasting, believing that God would do a miracle work in Zach's life and in his body. When you get around the people of God, the presence of God begins to move. You can only re 
resist that presence for so long and it begins to get in you. Either you're running the other way or it's getting on you and changing who you are. We're going to be up here every single night starting tomorrow night praying at 7 o'clock in this room. Believing for what God's going to do in 2023. Believing for what he's going to do in this generation to come. Believing for what he's going to do in the families represented in this room. Every single night, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow's the first night. The first night sets a tempo. The first night sets a foundation. I want the room to look like this tomorrow night. Whatever you have, cancel it. Be here. If you're supposed to hang out with someone, bring them. Get in this room at 7 o'clock and be ready to pray and seek God. I can promise you this. You will not be disappointed. You have my word. You have my word that I will do everything in my power to have the presence of God in here. And let me tell you something. He already told me he'll be here. It's already done. It's not a year, I said this last week, but it's not a year to press to find the presence of God. It's here. It's, it's, it's to be found. We've knocked for so long. Many of us have knocked for so long. Knocked that the door might be open. It's being opened. We'll be here every night, Monday through Saturday. We'll be here on Sunday morning, and we're going to be doing that for two weeks, praying every night, and watch and see if God won't move. Watch and see if he won't do what his word says, where his eyes go to and fro all over the land, looking that there might be one. One? I'll give you a hundred people. I'll give you 200 people who are saying, God, look and see. God, bless the land. God, turn back. Win the lost. Help us. Show us where to step. Show us where to go. Show us who to talk to. Show us how to be. We want to walk with you, God. Watch and see what God won't do. We start tomorrow. Fasting for 14 days together. We have a fasting booklet we wrote. It's a Devo for every single day. has a journaling spot in the booklet. If you didn't get one last week, they're going to have one for you as you're going today. I want you to get one. If you haven't already gone online, if you go on our website, you'll see right on the home page, there's, a, there's a, a spot that says Fast 365. You can click on it. It will open you up to a landing page. Also at the top of our website, there's a spot that says Fast 365. You click on it, it will open you up to the same landing page on that page. You can see a digital version of our fasting booklet. You can watch multiple video resources that I made this year for this year, specifically training and teaching about fasting, how to do it, what to do when you're doing it, why is it biblical, should everybody do it, who should fast, answering all those kinds of questions that you might have. If you haven't watched those videos, they are a must-watch before you start to fast. If you're doing the fast starting tomorrow, many of you may be doing a Daniel fast, which is, all of this is laid out in the, in the book that you're going to get on the way out. But the Daniel fast is no meats, no sweets, no bread. It's fruits, veggies, nuts, water, those kind of things. Some of us are doing water only fast or water and juice fast or a liquid fast. Pick a fast that works for you that has to do with food and walk in it and do it. And what I'm hoping is that as you're saying, yes, I'm going to be doing this fast for 14 weeks. I'm sorry. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
prophesy. I'm going to be doing this fast for 14 years. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's 14 days. That's it. You can do anything for 14 days. I'm going to do this fast for 14 days. I'm hoping that you'll go onto the website and you'll register that you're doing it so we know you're doing it so we can be sending you encouragement along the way. I have encouragement already. The Holy Spirit's putting in me for these 14 days to send specifically to the people who are seeking God through prayer and fasting. As your pastor, I'm not asking you, hey, would you consider it? I'm telling you, this is what our body is doing. We're fasting and seeking God. Let me take you to the Word of God, Mark chapter 9, as promised before. In Mark chapter 9, starting around verse 14, there's a boy who has what Scripture is saying, an unclean spirit, meaning he's demon-possessed or demon-oppressed or however you want to call it. The fact of the matter is that a door had been opened and that an evil spirit has come on this child and begin to have its way. How we come about the situation in verses around 14, 15, 16, the crowd is kind of buzzing because something's taking place. What's taking place is that the boy who had the evil spirit was brought to the disciples of Jesus. The disciples prayed over this boy that the spirit might come out, and it didn't work. You ever prayed for anything that didn't happen? Yet. And so the buzz is beginning to happen. And you know, there, here's a lot of times you may see this on, on media. A buzz will happen for a week. People just all up in something for a week or for a moment or for an hour or whatever it is. They, everyone kind of comes around it and they're, they're, they're buzzing about what's happening. They're arguing, they're talking, they're, 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 they're whatever about what's going on. And there's a buzz moment because the disciples of Jesus were supposed to be going around doing great ministry at this time. And yet they prayed for something in the name of Jesus and it didn't work. <gasps> oh no. So they're arguing, it says in the text. So they say in verse 18, so I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Verse 20, and when they brought the boy to him, and when the Spirit saw him, that's the Spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy. I need you to know as we're reading the text, this isn't an old thing. Evil spirits, the demonic, demons. It's not something that used to happen and is now gone. Open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and you will see that the demonic is real. That strongholds are real. That curses are real. That witchcraft is, is real. It's real. It exists. It doesn't have power as compared to the power that Jesus has. But it has power compared to what you have without Jesus. They encounter this demonic, and as soon as this demonic force sees Jesus, it begins to shake and convulse. This is what I'm believing for you. That as you recognize the power through the Holy Spirit that's on you, when something that's wrong begins to come around you, 
it begins to convulse and shake and not you. What's been happening for so many Christians is that as darkness begins to come around, as evil begins to get close, as, as some force of witchcraft or some force of evil or some force of hate begins to get close, the people of God begins to shake a little bit and wonder what's going to happen. And when we begin to shake, they don't. Oh, we got you now. You don't think evil spirits communicate? You don't think the devil can talk? I've heard him talk. You've heard him talk. You hear his lies all the time. They rattle in and out of your ears all the time. And we're, what are we trying to do? Take every thought captive. But I'm believing the people of God, like I said, people in this room, and I see it even now in the boldness in your faces, that you're beginning to say in 2023 and this year, you know what? You'll begin to shake, not me. You'll begin to convulse, not me. I'm standing firm on firm foundation of the word of God. I'm standing firm, filled with the Holy Ghost. But you are a liar and a thief, and you have no business being in my family. You have no business being in my house. You have no business being in my life. And whatever kind of evil spirit it is that you decide that it has no authority to be with you, and rebuke it and be done. For too long, the church, the people of God, have allowed spirits to co-mingle and coexist with the anointing of God. And there are seasons of time when God gives grace and allows something to take place as his people mature. And then there are seasons of time. Go and read the Bible and see. Go read the Old Testament. Read the New Testament and see that God gives seasons where things exist well. And then he says, no more. At first, only, only Jewish people could be in covenant with God. How many in this room are Jewish right now? All right, not a lot. Two of you, raise your hand. So there you go. Now, what? Now we all can. For a while, if, if you were eating certain foods, you couldn't be in covenant with God. Now he said, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, worship me while you do it. I believe that grace to co-mingle, to allow spirits to kind of come in and out as they please, evil spirits, is gone. And it won't be honored. And when we do it, you'll feel a more tremendous lack of God's attributes on your life. Because the grace got lifted. Where we're going in 2023 requires us to really seek after God. The rules haven't changed. The rules are the same. Give up your life and follow Jesus. But the ones who are saying, oh yeah, I gave my life and I'm following Jesus on Tuesday, but on Wednesday I'm back with me. It's not going to work anymore. The grace will be lifted. The, the interesting thing is, it says here in the, in the text, it tells you what kind of spirit he had. It says this, I'm in verse 25, it says, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you. 
that's blocking the words of God. It's blocking the speaking of God. It's all kinds of spirits, and it's time to rebuke them and put them in their place and move on. If you're going to walk around the next 30 days in denial about evil spirits being real and the reality of what happens when we do certain things, then you're not going to be able to walk in the power knowing truth and being set free as you walk in truth. They have this encounter, Jesus and the dad, the boys convulsing, the evil spirit has recognized Jesus, and the dad says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, read it, there's an exclamation point on it, if you can, that's why I said, some of us need to stop praying if, God, if you ever, da 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 it's like, pfft. If you ever, when, when you, God, we're about to pray and fast for 14 days. And if you're praying and fasting for 14 days so that God can more than cover your, your $200 electricity bill, you are praying and fasting for the wrong thing. Because I'm praying to the God who owns the hills. I'm praying to the God who breathed the earth into existence. I'm praying to the God who takes the sinner and sets him free. I'm praying to the God who says to demonic forces, you shall flee. And if I'm praying about something so little and something so small, it's time to lift up my eyes and see all that God wants to do and begin to pray. God, not only do I know you provide for every need that I have, but open up your floodgates and let the city be saved. Open up your floodgates and change my workplace. Open up the floodgates and get my whole family saved this year. Open up the floodgates and get my whole friend group saved. Open up the floodgates and let me be different. Fill me with the gifts of the Spirit. If I'm praying so little, and so, I'm talking about the God who let food fall down from heaven because his people were in the wilderness. I'm talking about the God who split open the Red Sea and said, walk across and on dry ground to boot. not saying we can't pray God take care of my electricity bill you can you would just be better off if you stop and you just say thank you God I know you already got it that would show a greater maturity in your faith that would honor your father better you can be in you can be in relationship with the father and him forgive you and you be walking into eternal life and not be honoring. Am I right? Same way we can just honor the people around us, we can just honor God. I'm not saying he's up there crying about the fact that you don't have enough faith. That's not what I'm saying. Just know that he takes care of us. Thank him for taking care of us and move on to bigger things to pray for. Move on for you part Red Seas and take your people across. Stop thinking about, it. I mean, how many people were praying this, this year so far? We're eight days in. How many people were praying, God, thank you this year. This is the year you win the whole city to Jesus. Not very many because you're like, oh, the whole city, I don't know. See? Why? Is he big or is he not? Did he save you? Are you better than them? No. 
Sin is sin. Lost is lost. Hopeless is hopeless. And the grace of God is the grace of God. And it is no respecters of men or women. It comes on who it comes on. The anointing comes on who it comes on. The favor comes on who it comes on. And it's not because you're better or you're this or you're that. God chooses and it lands on people who are all equally undeserving. And those who are obedient and choose to steward it and walk in him, it grows. And those who are not, it shrinks. There's no standstill in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, if your car has a gas tank and it sits there for three days, the gas does not stay the same. It goes down or it goes up. That's the kingdom of God. And it's meant to be constantly increasing, moving up from glory to glory. Nowhere in the word of God does it say, and you're going you're gonna to be just stuck there. And there's going to be no hope for you, and you're never going to change. Even when the people of God were in the wilderness, they were there because of their own disobedience. And while they were in the wilderness, he took care of every single need. And while they were in the wilderness, he prepared them to leave the wilderness. He looks at the evil spirit. And he commands the spirit. If you can, he says, all things are possible for the one who believes. Do you believe? And immediately, the father cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus saw the crowd beginning to run together. He rebuked the unclean spirit. He didn't ask. He didn't compromise. He didn't talk to the boy. He didn't talk more to the family. He didn't take a poll. He didn't take a church vote. He didn't ask the elders. He didn't ask the deacons. He didn't ask the council. He didn't check, oh, am I allowed to do this? What day is it? What time is it? Is this okay? Are you going to be all right? You're going to be offended? You're gonna be, who's going to be offended? No. He commanded the evil spirit, be gone in Jesus' name. I love wise counsel. I love friendships. I love the word of God and the Proverbs. I also love hearing what the Holy Spirit says, not second-guessing it and walking in it by faith. There's a difference between seeking wise counsel and getting a consensus and making sure you're going to be liked with your decision that you make. It's a big difference. Some say there's a fine line between whatever they want to say. No fine line. There's a big difference. We've tried the other way. Everything you did in 2022, we did that. The grace that's on 2023 and what God will call us to do is stronger, makes things easier, breaks free faster, moves people into his presence more, increases the anointing of the people of God because it's the year to equip the saints that just they might go out and use what they've been equipped to do to command evil spirits, to make declarations, to stand firm in the word of God, and to see the spirit of God move as they stand in faith. He rebukes it. The boy falls to the ground as if he's dead. I'm sure people there begin to doubt. Look, he tried to heal him. He kills him. Jesus walks over. He grabs the boy by the hand. He lifts him up. The boy recovers. The spirits are gone, and he walks away free.
And when he entered the house, this is verse 28 of chapter 9, still in Mark. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Open up your King James Bible and see it. If you're looking on the Bible app, and it says by prayer, look and see if there's not a little notation next to it. If you're looking in your Bible and it says by prayer, look and see if there's not a little number three, a little number two, a little A, a little B, whatever it is next to it. And see if at the very bottom it doesn't say, and some manuscripts say fasting. I'm not going to jump into conspiracies of why it wouldn't just be fasting. I'm not going to jump into conspiracies at why some people think that the send-off that Jesus gives in Mark chap- in the end of Mark chapter 16 to say that you'll tread on serpents and you'll, you'll, you'll drink deadly drink and you won't be hurt and go and be filled with the Spirit. I'm not going to speculate on, on why that gets to be lessened versus the call that's in Mark chapter 28 to close out Mark. We'll do that another time. But here's what I want you to know today in the Word of God. That there are some things that can only be done through prayer and fasting. You can go at it until you're blue in the face. You can go at it year after year. You can try, you can try, you can try, you can try. But let me tell you something, that the grace of God is not built on your trying. There comes a place in a believer's life, and it should come early. First few months of being a believer, it should come. When we realize the word of God says that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that the Father speaks. That what fuels us in spirit is more valuable than what fuels us in flesh. There should come a time early in the believer's life, in John chapter 4, verse 34, when Jesus says to his disciples, they come and they say, Jesus, Jesus, you haven't eaten, you must be exhausted. And he turns and he says to them, my food is to do the will of God. We need to get to a place where we realize how strong the Spirit is and realize that our earthly bodies, though they have limits, were made to go extended periods of time without gratifying basic needs while we gratify basic needs from the Father. For too long, the church has forgotten about the power that's in fasting So therefore, for too long we wrestle with things we should have flicked out. If you will fast with me for 14 days, you will see the power that comes on the smallest spiritual effort that you make. Whereas before, you would pray and you would try for weeks and nothing would happen. That instead, in moments, your faith will activate and move. Prayers that you pray for people will begin to change right then. Because you spent 14 days praying and fasting. What happens is, while the Holy Spirit is coming in us, we're being renewed day by day. Like anything going into a cup. At the same time, all the junk that we consume goes into. And when we empty ourselves before God, all of that comes out. It's like a reset. It's like a giving over to God. And while it's coming out, we get to see all of the junk that's inside of there. And all the goodness that's in there too. 
and then we get totally empty before God, and we get to the place somewhere in those 14 days where we're like, I can't do it anymore. And then if you listen closely, Jesus will whisper, and he'll say, it's easy in my presence. And if we'll just step right back to where he wanted us in his presence, we'll see, you know what? It's actually not that hard to seek God like this. It actually brings fullness of joy to seek God like this. It actually shows us how strong our faith and spirit really is to seek God like this. And you begin to see that in the presence of God, things that should be hard are made easy. And he'll begin to be the only one filling into your cup. All the junk is gone. It's pure. It's full. You'll begin to see how your expression is different. How your demeanor is different. How when you talk to people, they handle you different. I was on the phone this week with Spectrum for two hours and 40 minutes. Bless me. Two hours and 20 minutes in. Thank you. Two hours and 20 minutes in. I, I realized I'm doing it wrong. Obviously. <laughs> I'm like, this is very simple. They transferred me to about seven different people. I tell each one. I know this sounds crazy. I'm trying to pay you money to get internet. That's it, man. I don't actually need you to do anything for me for free. What is the price for internet? That's the price. I want to pay that price, and then I want internet. That's it. I don't need any, anything. That's all I want. It seems like it should be a 12-minute phone call, right? So after two hours of being on there, and, you know, I'm doing other stuff while I'm doing it because I'm on hold about half the time and this and that, and, you know, I'm kind of, I'll be honest, I'm kind of getting like, not with them, but just kind of getting sidetracked. And I got my, my little baby who's back there. Like, look at that little baby ranger back there. Look at him. Turn around, look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's so cute. So I'm doing that. And I'm like bottle feeding and like, you know, I'm, I'm like Mr. Mom over here, you know, doing some stuff, trying to do it right. I, during the call, I was on the roof with Drex taking off the Christmas lights. You know, I mean, we're, you know, I'm, I'm multitasking, okay? And I realized two hours in, I'm doing it wrong. Two hours and 20 minutes. And this is all I did. I said, God, I want to do this now in your presence and with your authority that you give me. Sorry that I wasn't. That's it. Didn't light any candles. Didn't make some big thing. I just, I just kind of, I'm on hold. I'm by myself with my boy, so I just said that. Right then, a new guy picks up. And I can just tell by talking to him, you have thoughts that make sense. <laughs> we are going to be friends, this guy and me. I can just tell. Vance, his name was Vance from Montana. I said, where are you, where, where are you, what state are you sitting in right now? He's like, Montana. I was like, how is it? He's like, it's cold. I was like, well, sorry about you. It's nice here. Every second of the phone call from there out, Made perfect sense, got the job done, was quick. It truly was 20 minutes of needed experience so that he could give us internet. I wasn't even asking for a lot. I'm like, listen, I'm not a gamer. I'm over here trying to watch YouTube kids' videos and check email. That's it. That's it. I'll, I'll take the lowest you got, okay? That's why I'm like, no, I don't want the lowest you got, God. I don't know what I'm saying over here, you know? I switch that around. That's me sharing with you 
practical principle about how this works when we begin to walk in our commanding authority and know that God's favor is on us versus approaching any situation being like, oh man, I hope, I hope this goes well. I hope this goes well was last year's thing. This year's thing is the favor of God is on it. I know how to walk in the spirit. This will go well. This will be easy. This will work out. If God doesn't work it out this way, he'll bring another way. It'll be better. It'll be faster. And it'll be more effective. Make those kind of declarations over your life. Don't walk into the fast saying, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's going to be so hard. I hope I can. I hope I can. No, I'm more than a conqueror. The spirit of the living God is inside of me. I know I can do this. I know he has equipped me. I know he has called me. This is going to work. This is going to be good. I'm going to grow like never before. I'm going to walk in the favor like never before. This will be my year. Walk into it saying that and see if God is not moving.